bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Otterville. And now, today's word. What should Thomas have believed? Thomas should have believed three things. First, he should have believed what the scriptures had prophesied about the Messiah. He should have believed it. Thomas was a Jew. He knew the prophecies concerning the Messiah. He had followed Jesus for many years. He knew Psalm 16 verse 10 that had prophesied concerning the Messiah that you will not leave my soul in show nor allow your Holy One to see corruption. The Messiah was not going to see corruption after death. In other words, his body was not going to rot. And as a Jewish person, he had been quoting it. He should have believed what he had been quoting. And that's a very important point that there is a big difference between quoting scripture and believing scripture. Because sometimes we say, my God is able. And then when we are in trouble, all that belief goes away. And somebody says, but, but aren't you the one who says, my God is able? You say, hey, please, this one is not Bible. <laughs> Have you heard people say that? This one is not Bible. We are not talking Bible here. We are talking reality. So all the time you are quoting the Bible, what were you doing? If you don't believe it, don't quote it. If you quote it, believe it. Don't put a poster in your house that says, my God is able. And then when you need money for your business, you say, as for this one, I don't think it will work. Well, then go and tear down that poster. Take that sticker from your car. Stop reading that portion of scripture because if you're going to quote it, you have to believe it. Thomas knew the scripture said, the Messiah will not see corruption. He probably quoted it, but never believed it. How many of us quote scripture and never believe it? You know, uh, we, we Ghanaians are very good at it. I don't know other people because I'm a Ghanaian. I can only talk about Ghanaians. You know, Ghanaians, when you quote scripture, they will even add the second part of it. <laughs> we are very religious. And we say nice platitudes about God and, 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 and we are very, very, very religious. But when it comes to really acting according to what we quote, we don't do it. So people get into trouble and they start looking for help all over. And they are the same ones who say, God says if I pray he will hear me. Then why do you think he doesn't, your prayer is not powerful enough? Why are you running helter-skelter? Why do you quote there are more for you than those who are against you and not act like it? A religious spirit is one which quotes and never acts. All right. So Thomas should have believed what the scriptures had prophesied about the Messiah. Secondly, he should have believed what Christ foretold about his resurrection. He should have believed Jesus himself. In the last days of Jesus' ministry, he spoke many times about his death and resurrection. So not only did Thomas know the written scriptures, he also heard the promises of Christ. Heard it in his ear. 
He should have believed Jesus. After all, he has seen Jesus walk on water. He has seen Jesus raise the dead. He has seen Jesus turn water to wine. He has seen Jesus multiply five loaves to feed 5,000. He has seen Jesus open blind eyes. He has seen them lame walking. He has seen the lepers cleanse. He has seen all these miracles of Jesus. He has seen that at his word, you can catch a lot of fish. But when it came to this, he just, his mind just couldn't get it. So it teaches us that sometimes we can believe God for some things. And then in some areas, our faith just gets locked up. He should have believed what Jesus Christ himself said about himself. And then thirdly, he should have believed the testimony of those who had seen the risen Christ. Three Things he could have believed in. What the scripture said, what Jesus said, and what the eyewitnesses said. Now all of those are very important. The foundation of our faith is in what the scripture says. That's the foundation of our faith. But our faith is also confirmed when the word of God is spoken to us by the spirit. Either through preaching or through our own spiritual leading intuition and then we are inspired when people tell us look what the Lord has done so I may not have received it but somebody received it I may not have seen him but somebody saw him I may be sick but somebody got healed I may still be struggling with my problem, but I just heard yesterday somebody singing of the goodness of the Lord. Have you heard somebody testifying that they had seen God where you are looking for him? In the matter where you yourself have no confidence, have you heard somebody say, look what the Lord has done. Believe the scripture. Believe the Holy Spirit and what he tells you and believe the testimony of eyewitnesses. When God visits people and they tell you their testimony, don't doubt it. By all means, don't base all your faith on what somebody is saying. But start with the scripture, start with what Jesus himself has said or the Holy Spirit says to you and then be inspired by the current happenings in the lives of people. Add the three together. That is how you believe. Thomas did not believe the scripture, didn't believe Jesus, and didn't believe the eyewitnesses. If we're going to walk by faith, we have to believe the scripture, we have to believe Jesus, and we have to believe eyewitnesses. Three sources for us to believe in. And if you're going to walk by faith, you have to master these things. God does not answer our prayer based on how much prayer we have prayed. Or how long we have prayed. Because most of us like hard labor. So when we have a problem, you say, hey, this thing, the moment I had it, I put my stomach down. And when we say we put our stomach down, it means we fasted. When, hey, I put my stomach down, three days dry. God does not answer your prayer based on three days dry. He answers your prayer based on whether you believe or not. It's not hard labor. It's not hard work. 
Some people say, I have so many people praying for me. That's good for many people to pray for you. But you have to believe. You cannot bypass believing. You cannot bypass it. You have to believe. Believe what he says. Believe what Jesus says. Believe the testimony of those who have experienced him. Now we go to the text we started with. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 6 to 8 and it says for we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body we are absent from the Lord verse 7 that's my sermon title for we walk by faith and not by sight we are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now Paul is speaking uh, more directly about being on earth and being in heaven. But the principles uh, apply beyond being in, on earth and being in heaven because it's a general principle. So I have extracted that verse, verse 7, to apply it to here on earth. And that's what we've been discussing. Now, two important, uh, three things that we're going to look at in this passage. First, you cannot be both fully absent and present in the same place. You cannot be fully absent and present in the same place. Paul is saying you cannot be fully on earth and fully in heaven. And you cannot be fully in heaven and fully on earth. It's a very important principle. You can't do the two fully at the same time. You can sometimes experience a bit of heaven on earth and sometimes a bit of hell on earth. But it doesn't mean you are in hell or in heaven. It's just a temporary experience. You cannot fully be in heaven whilst you're on earth. And you cannot be fully on earth whilst you are in heaven. So he says, if you are absent from the flesh, you are with the Lord. If you are absent from the Lord, you are in the flesh. You cannot do the two at the same time. That is his preceding argument. You can't do these two things at the same time. One happens at the expense of the other. And then based on that argument that you cannot do these two things at the same time, you cannot be present and absent fully in the same place, he then goes and says, we walk by faith and not by sight. What is he saying? He's saying where faith is, Sight is not. And where sight is, faith is not. When faith comes, sight goes. When sight comes, faith goes. You cannot say, I'm walking in faith and walking by sight at the same time. Because the two are antagonistic to the, to the other. Faith will not lead you to sight. Or faith does not require sight. And when faith walks in, sight must walk out. 
Now, what does that mean? Faith walks inside, must walk out. It means when I'm walking in faith, I'm not walking by sight. If I'm walking by sight, I'm not walking by faith. If I'm walking by sight, I'm not walking by faith. If I'm walking by faith, I'm not walking by sight. What you see and feel are very powerful. What you see and feel are very, very powerful. Everything in our experience as human beings has taught us not to ignore what we see and what we feel. Everything. In fact, in the natural life, your natural life, if you ignore what you see and what you feel, you will not survive for long on this planet. I mean, I can tell you, if you ignore what you see and what you feel, you can't even survive after service today for more than 10 minutes. You likely die. Because when you are going to cross the street and you ignore what you see, the car will knock you. I mean, if you ignore what you see and what you, you can touch and feel for 10 minutes after service in church, you'll be fine. Because you're sitting down. But if you ignore that, you can't survive. You can't live through a day. Because fire will burn you. A car will knock you out. Something will destroy you. You put your hand in the wrong thing. You see a snake and give it a kiss. <laughs> because I'm not moved by what I see. Everything, our human survival is based on following what you see and what you feel. If you ignore it, human life is not possible. That is why everything in us is conditioned to sight and feeling. However, what we have conditioned ourselves with to survive in the natural world is antagonistic to our spiritual life. It's antagonistic. It, it, that is, it is opposite. It is against. It's fighting your spiritual life. So everything I need to survive here as a human being requires that I follow what I see and I follow what I feel. Then God says everything that is required for you to move in the realm of the spirit and receive from me is you don't have to follow what you see and you don't have to follow what you feel. Now, how do you make that switch? How do you make it? I, I don't know about you. It's tough. It's tough. The Bible says Abraham did not consider his own body dead. He didn't consider it. Nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider it. Do you know what it is to look at your body at 99 years and just say I'm still young? <laughs> do, you, do you know what it takes to say that? And look at your wife, 90 years old. I mean, 90 is 90. In any currency, 90 is 90. Sarah was not 90 looking like 16. She was 90, 90. Can you imagine what it is to look at your wife at 90 and you at 99 and say, we're going to have a baby? It's a crazy human idea. Crazy. How can, how can you even imagine that? People are going to tell you, don't be stupid. 
Look at the facts. Think. Use your mind. All of that is how we survive on earth, but all of that disqualifies you from receiving from God. All of that disqualifies. So everything that has made you successful physically makes you unsuccessful spiritually. Everything you have learned to succeed in the natural world is fighting against you in the spiritual world. So, how do we manage it? Well, if Peter struggled with it, you will struggle with it. If Thomas struggled with it, you will struggle with it. Good old Thomas. I don't know what his twin brother did, but because he's called a twin. I'm sure he went to his twin brother and said, Atta, this thing. <laughs> can you imagine what, I, what Peter and John, can you imagine what they, they are telling me the man who was buried is alive. Can you imagine, Atta? <laughs> no, because, because it doesn't make sense. Every education I have as a human being tells me it doesn't make sense. And God, Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Then we have no hope. It means we will never be blessed. We will never be favored. We will never receive that miracle because our conditioning is fighting us. So how do we then bridge this big gap between our conditioning as human beings and the reality of our Christian life? To walk by faith, our eyes must be fixed on Jesus. And I will just drop a scripture that I think helps us to navigate this path. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him. He says, look to Jesus. If you're going to walk by faith, you look to Jesus. You look to Jesus. Now what, what, what does Jesus teach us? Well, he says he's the author and finisher of our faith. That means your whole faith walk starts and ends in him. He's the alpha and omega of your faith. And then he goes on to say what we should learn from Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So when Jesus was going to the cross, there were two things in front of him. The pain and the joy. The pain was more present than the joy. Obviously, it's not joyful for your treasurer to betray you. It's not joyful. And that's what Judas did, betray Jesus. It's not joyful for you to be arrested whilst you are praying. And it's not joyful when you are praying and it feels like 
God doesn't hear. It's not joyful. It's not joyful for your best disciple to say, this guy, never seen him, never met him. It's not joyful for you to be nailed to the cross. So if Jesus is looking, this is what he's seeing. But the scripture says while these things were happening, he didn't see them. He saw the glory. So let's bring it home. So you are the one who is feeling the pain in your body. You are the one who is feeling your hip giving you problems or your knees giving you problems. You are the one who has the neck pain. You feel it. Now you're supposed to believe that God will heal you. But really if you see with your eyes, all you see is pain and pain and pain. But in that moment, you have to have a second look. And that look is not looking at what you have. Like Abraham, he did not consider the deadness of his body or the deadness of his wife. He considered the promises of God. So at a certain point, you have to say, I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I hear. I am not moved by what I feel. Yes, my body is responding to it, but my eye is on the promise of the Lord. And you have to fix your eyes on him. It's like when Jesus says to Peter, come to me on the storm. He fixed his eyes on Jesus and started walking on the water. And then at a certain point, the storms rise and he takes his eyes off. Because if you take your eyes off the author and the finisher, your faith will begin to sink. There is a point in life where faith doesn't make sense. Faith only makes spirit. It doesn't make sense. If you want what you believe to make sense, you're never going to receive anything from God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you are diligently seeking God, he will reward you. Now, will there be a time when it looks like God is not rewarding you? Yes. But when that time comes, we don't look at the temporary. We look at his promises. Faithful is he who has promised, who also will do it. We walk by faith and not by sight. If he promises to save you from sin, you have to keep your eyes on him for your salvation. If he promises to give you the Holy Spirit, you have to keep your eyes on him for the Holy Spirit. If he promises never to leave you nor forsake you, you have to fix your eyes on him when everybody has left you. If he tells you, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added, then you keep your eyes on him and they will be added. If he says, ask and you shall receive, but your hands, arms, hands or Hands are empty. You have to keep your eyes on the promise. 
If you don't keep your eyes on the promise and permanently fix your eyes on him, you will be sometimes up, sometimes low. So somebody gives you, maybe you go to the doctor, the doctor gives you a good report. Hey, I'm going to be well. Next week he gives you a bad report. Oh, I won't be well. So what you're doing is you are walking by sight and not by faith. But when you're walking by faith, whether he gives you good report or bad report, that doesn't determine where your faith is. Your faith is in the promises of God. He says, your chances are good. You'll have it well. That's good to hear. But my faith is in the Lord. My trust is in the Lord. My confidence is in the Lord. Because you have to keep your eyes on him who is the author and finisher of our faith. And if he offers it, he will finish it. He will finish it. So he says to Thomas, and he says to each one of us this morning, happy, favored, blessed, fortunate is he who has not seen and yet believed. You are fortunate. You are favored. You are blessed. You will be happy if you don't see and yet believe. So maybe your pocket is empty today, but you believe you have been made prosperous. Maybe you feel down, but you believe you are the head and not the tail. Maybe now you feel everything doesn't work, but you believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You are now fixing the outcome of your life, not on what you are seeing by your natural conditioning, but on what the word of God promises. Do you want to walk by faith and not by sight this morning? Do you want to walk by faith and not by sight this morning? We're going to pray for a few minutes and I just want you to take that issue you are dealing with and fix your eyes on Jesus and then don't take your eyes from him after today. Whether you are believing him for healing, you are believing him for the salvation of your husband or for your wife, you are believing him for deliverance, you are believing him for turnaround, you are believing him for finances, whatever it is you are believing him for, he's the author and finisher of your faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Say with me from today, I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. I am not moved. I am not disturbed, I am not overwhelmed by what I see or what I hear or what I feel. My confidence and my eyes are on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. What he authors, he will finish. I believe him that he has started it and he will complete it. Faithful is he who has promised, who also will do it in Jesus' name. Now begin to declare your faith in him. Begin to pray and declare your faith in him. Faithful is he who has promised you. He will bring you through. He will fulfill his word. Blessed is he. Happy is he or she. Favored is he or she. You are blessed. You are favored. Happiness comes to you. Although you have not seen, you believe. Although you have not seen, you believe. What God says he will do. He is a faithful God. You are coming out victoriously. You are coming out strong.
you are coming out on top. You are coming out with a testimony. He is with you. He is with you. That healing will manifest. That child will be born. That pregnancy is taking place in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There is food on your table. Your children are taken care of. God is turning your captivity around. That husband is coming back home. That wife is coming into agreement. Those children are coming back home. In the name of Jesus. Faithful is he who has promised. The child is coming. The son is coming. Your daughter is coming home. In the name of Jesus. We walk by faith. And not by sight. Father we come into agreement this morning. With your word. What you have written. What you have spoken in our hearts. And what we have heard men and women testify of your goodness. We choose to believe that we are coming out victorious. We choose to believe that we are coming out strong. We choose to believe that we are coming out healed. We choose to believe that you bless us Lord. You choose to believe that we are on top and still rising. We choose to believe that it is well with the righteous. We choose to believe that health and healing is our bread. We choose to believe that with long life you will satisfy us and show us your salvation. We choose our belief system today, not by sight, not by touch, but by the word of the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. And everybody say amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.